daydreaming about dragons reply show wash your hands we are doing a reply show they usually come in the middle of the week uh they are numbered differently if you look at the way that the shows are numbered uh the regular shows that have actual play and inspiration go are numbered and reply shows usually are a reply show and then some kind of code word like it is a secret mission from a spy movie so if this is your first show i would recommend jumping on to a different one and and picking one that has uh, a subject that interests you uh, from the show notes and that is numbered because the reply shows are really a reaction to those shows it might make sense it might not do what you want We've got a fun reply show this week, and I'm just going to jump into it. Here we go with a, uh, a good couple of uh, thoughts from, from Sean, my, my friend Sean Nittner, and let's just get to it. Hey, Judd, this is Sean. I uh, just started catching up, and I was listening to episode 15 where you're talking about the Stars Dot number crew getting the, all those suits of power armor. I'm just thinking about all the dumb ways in which tech makes our lives more difficult. And what if they found something like that, like power armor or some cool tech gun, but before they could use it, uh, it required a firmware update. And, uh, and it's like the update hasn't been done in years. Uh, and that's because the people who had it before knew that if they updated that, uh, the, the firmware that the company who owned it would know where it was downloaded. And so they'd be able to, they'd be able to track this thing. They'd like intentionally taken it offline and just all the fun, like weird workarounds you have to do with tech sometimes when you know, like, oh, if I update this, it'll crash the thing. Um, but I need to do it to get it to work. And like what what folks might have done um, to get it to work up until that point. Anyway, fun thought. Sean, I love that. Uh, I love the idea of taking something that's so mundane and part of our lives, like a software update, and suddenly it's a real life or death thing, right? It's a way that the Empire can find out where its space marine armor is. It is a way for the bad guys to catch you, and it's something that you've got to really hack and and stop. That's really interesting, uh, and and it's an interesting way to... I don't know, make it all feel more real and dangerous. And I love the idea of having to sit on Space Marine armor because you haven't gotten a new software update and so, like, the targeting systems don't work, right? We're giving players a, a disadvantage or a minus two or whatever on the roll because, you know, the, the armor is no longer calibrating with the, with the weaponry. That's really interesting. And, and it, it would mean that the players would have to seek out Folks who are doing black market software, right? Because they've got to be out there. It's a lot of fun. And I love, really love how it takes something that's so mundane, right? I mean, what's more mundane than a software update? And, and making it adventurous. Making it something that happens to Space Marine armor. Very cool, my friend. Very cool. Sean jumps in again with some cool thoughts. So let's, uh, let's do Sean Take Two. Here we go. Hey Judd, this is Sean. I just listened to episode 18 about Star Trek Discovery. Inspiration Goat had a real good one on that one. I love it. Um, I've had games where I've been really excited about some part of the setting, whether it's how the guild politics work or how the demons actually interact with the world. And I found that if 
you don't have at least one other person, preferably the GM as one of those people, that's also excited, you can really fall flat on those things where you try to dig into them, but it's a very shallow well because there's just no there there. There's no one else really excited about those things or having answers to those things. It's a little bit like the Scion, Cylons and BSG where they kept saying they have a plan, but they never had a plan. Uh, what's your, what are your thoughts about um, uh, digging into those, those rich setting details um, and making sure everyone, making sure that there's something there, there that this, other people are excited to do it too. Hey, John. Uh, thank you. Uh, so how do you make sure that there's a there, there? Uh, that's a great question. And I think it's interesting. I think it's part of the great conversation of gaming, right? I think that's a big thing that's, that's made its way through uh, indie RPG circles, especially through Apocalypse World, is that gaming is a conversation. And I think making sure that other folks are on board with what you want the conversation to be is a, is a big deal. And, and making sure that something's deep enough. Um, and, and yeah, you know, ask, I feel like as a GM, I want to, you know, ask, that's why you kind of ask questions and, and try to dig into what the players are thinking about uh, how this stuff works. And I always look for the, the nod from the players when like I, something is unveiled or something, you know, a consequence of their actions happens. And I see some players like, even when they're not playing, uh, it, you know, they're not directly affected, but they're like nodding like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That would happen. Uh, I look for that in the moment. Um, in the moments before, I think it's just about that, that, that part of character creation that I think is really under-discussed, which is how vital it is to be a good GM during character creation and how good a skill that is. Uh, it's not necessary for every single game. Right? Some games you just roll and, and, you know, I'm running a game of Trophy Gold. The players all made their characters in isolation and we rolled and went. But I think looking at those characters and, and asking questions about them is a big deal. And, and it's, a, it's a GM skill that we don't talk about very often, right? There's a lot of talk about like setting up scenes, setting up challenges, creating dungeons, describing things. But we don't talk about looking at a raw character just made and finding out what's there a little bit and, and thinking about it with our friends. Because our friends don't have to know either. Uh, so, yeah, how do you know there's a there there? I think it's got to be a conversation. You know, make sure you're not dealing with one of those damn Cylons. We have a plan. Oh, when you said that, it hit me right in the gut. It's a great question, Sean, a great part of a conversation. Uh, if I have not answered your question, please chime back in. Uh, I love hearing from you. Thank you. Jim is an amazing friend of mine. Uh, one, of the, one of the many things I am bummed about and miss about living in New York City is that I was getting to have lunch with Jim a couple times a month, and it was really amazing. And I miss that. I miss you, Jim. Thank you for chiming in. So Jim chimes in. He's going to talk about something that's happening at his game, something he did to wrap up at the end of a campaign that I absolutely love. I'm going to let Jim explain it, and then I'll talk a bit more about it in a bit. So uh, take it, Jim. 
Hey, Judd, Jim Crocker from JimLikesGames.com and the Just Played Anchor podcast here. I wanted to tell you about the Night Witches campaign we just wrapped up on the Gauntlet RPG community, since that's something you're asking about. We played for 10 months, and we got through the entire war, all six duty stations. And by the time we were done, we had really gotten to know and love these women who somehow managed to survive all of that. And it seemed paradoxically almost cruel to just end the war. VE Day, thanks, goodbye, that's it game over. So we scheduled a party and decompression session that we framed as the History Channel documentary about those pilots on the 50th anniversary of the founding of the regiment. I invited anyone who had ever played even a single session to participate, and we basically spent a couple of hours doing epilogues and seeing what happened to these women in their lives after the war. It was all framed as them talking to documentary filmmakers, and when it was all over, It was just such a satisfying way to wrap things. I can't recommend it highly enough if you're doing any game that would allow some. Now we're going to get to Chris Shorb, who is a buddy from the Indie Game Reading Club, uh, that kind of community. I know him through there, and it's really nice to hear from him. Here we go. Chris, take it. Judd, Chris Shorb. I don't know. I'd heard of your podcast many times in many different places, and I don't know what triggered me maybe it was something on the on the indie uh reading club but i uh decided to give your podcast a listen and as is my wont i decided to start at the very beginning and work my way forward so i got up to episode five and that was the episode where you talked about uh setting up games organizing games and i really appreciated how you were daydreaming about that i also often daydream about setting up games uh, daydream about doing a west marches style of campaign but i really liked the um, the idea that you had about uh, just opening it up to anybody who wanted to come, maybe even doing it at a game store. I thought that was really cool. Um, and so far, appreciating your podcast. So have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Judd, Chris, Shorb, uh, full warning for you. I have a tendency as I'm going through this backlog, I'm going to call you every time something Come, something hits my brain, and so you're probably getting a whole bunch from me until I'm all caught up. I don't know how long that's going to take, but uh, um, I wanted to call in about episode seven. The you talked about the scar by China Vieville, and everything you said I agree with. And I just wanted to add that the the Armada city sparked my imagination for role playing games so much. And it's cool about that Boslog universe. The other one was the Iron Council, the one about the, the train that went across the, the plains and all the amazing stuff that they found as they were kind of basically destroying the ecology. That um, His series of books are just amazing and can't recommend them enough. But I guess that's my minute. All right, take care. Bye. Chris, I am so glad that you chimed in. Uh, And I'm so glad that you enjoy the Boss Log books. Uh, They're incredible. Uh, Perdido Street Station, The Scar, and Iron Council are some of my favorite books ever. The Scar probably is my favorite book ever. And yeah, I, I just, the way monsters in those books feel both familiar and totally alien uh, really sings to me. And, and, I have a feeling there'll be a lot more inspiration goats just about those books. I, I, I pillage them mercilessly. Uh, I just recently had uh, a mosquito-based vampire uh, in one of my in a, in a trophy gold game, and it was totally based on uh, on the scar and the the, the mosquito people. 
and I just can't stop going back to that well. It's just good stuff. So thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoy them. And Inspiration Goat will definitely have more to say about them uh, sooner rather than later. So thank you so much, Chris. And I just wanted to say one more thing. Sometimes folks are going through the backlog of the show and they'll like apologize for going to an old show. Do not apologize. Like if you listen to episode one or two or three or whatever and something's interesting to you, don't be shy just because we're in episode 50 whatever. I don't care. To be honest, I don't remember a lot of things that, that are on the show. Right, I spout them, put them out, and then I don't I don't listen to them over and over again. So you might bring up something that I need to reevaluate or think about or or recontextualize or add to or change. So please bring it up. Please, please, please. Feel free to go into the backlog. Bring up whatever you'd like. I would love to hear from you. Don't be shy just because it's an old episode. Don't apologize for getting to the show late. I've had people call in and apologize. Do not apologize. I am glad you're here. I'm glad you're part of the conversation. Feel free to chime in. All right, let's get to a short outro and we'll, we'll call it a day. I'd like to thank everybody who, who chimed in and called in. I've got a lot more. So we've got some reply shows coming over the next couple of weeks, which is fantastic. I just adore hearing from you. So thank you all very much. If you'd like to support the show, there are a couple of ways you can do it. Okay, the easiest way right now is you can review the show on whatever method you are you are listening to it um, on whatever app you're using. Drop a review. It helps. So please drop a review. Let folks know what they're getting into when they are daydreaming about dragons with us. Okay, great. How else can you help? You can send a reply. Right. You can send a tweet at Judd underscore of underscore Cryos, K-R-Y-O-S. I've got a link to my Twitter account in the show notes. So you can do that. You can drop a tweet at me. You can drop a tweet at just hashtag daydreaming about dragons. You can email me at Judd, J-U-D-D dot K-A-R-L-M-A-N, gmail.com. That's one way. There's another way, and it's a pretty cheap way. So money-wise, I'm going to mention it. Uh, I put out a... PDF called Paid For in Blood, which is a bunch of treasure tables. Uh, I made it for Trophy Gold, but I think it'll be pretty useful for any fantasy RPG. And check it out. It's two bucks. It's on itch. The link to uh, the link to it on itch will on itch.io will be in the show notes. Uh, half of that, like. Half of the money goes to one charity, the other half goes to another charity. And uh, there'll be more about that um, on the description of the PDF itself. And I'm almost at $100, so I'm close. Uh, there was actually a purchase while I was recording this, so we might be at $100 now, but we're, we're really close. So we're at like 96, and at 100, I'm gonna make the donations and just make an announcement. Hey, we, we, we did some good, cool things. Let's continue doing cool things. Uh, if this one isn't your cup of tea, uh, I'll be putting out some more. So maybe the next one will be your cup. Okay? Sounds good. I hope you're doing well. I hope uh, you're, you and your family are healthy. I will see you on Sunday. I've got a show coming out. And it won't be a reply show. It'll be a regular episode. So I'll see you Sunday night. All right. Hang tight.